It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're bringing you what little news from San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> we could scrap up here. Uh, very, I mean, there's still stuff out there, and I'm sure there's great panels that are not applicable to us, but overall, there were several factors not in our favor, and we'll talk about some of those later. Uh, the Marvels did drop an out of this world trailer, Mike. It was great. We mm-hmm. were we were kind of theorized that before Haunted Mansion next week, so we'll talk a little bit about this trailer. Spider Man Two: The Game has revealed a custom PS Five controller, a story trailer, as well, and more. Yeah, and uh, Chris, it is hot as hell out. It's been uh, it's been a long week. I have <laughs> no patience for the world, but I, I, I am very much looking forward to this yes. uh, podcast this week because just to kind of just get out of my own head, get yeah. out of my own life here That's just right. just for a minute, um, and this, this will be fun. We're going to um, escape. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll jump into some stuff here. My actually item yeah. I, I put in here because it's relevant to one of your items, ironically. Oh, yeah. But um, I did want to give you a shout-out because I was scrolling through Facebook, and it was like pages you may like, and it was like wholesome – comics or something like wholesome cartoons and there's mike's own comics his own artwork from pickled comics in my feed with like almost ten thousand shares mike and i just want yeah. to give you some kudos on that because thank you they didn't even tag you they just put your name in there and i'm like yeah I'm it's like, like you did the it's like they did the bare minimum but i i did appreciate at least they did that yeah exactly so they, they gave you some credit and i was like oh my gosh and like i'm like i recognize this artwork i know this art style and you know <laughs> Because I look at it every week when we're recording, I can see us. I've seen I've seen all your comics on Pickled Comics. I've seen your stuff on uh, Life Rewards Risk. So I just want to give you a shout out for that because I thought it was really cool that you know you're getting some some notoriety in these Facebook groups on there. Like yeah, it's ten- called evergreen. It's called evergreen content. Yeah, I sure. drew that bad boy like at least like five plus years ago. I could look it, up the exact date, it's like, but I can't. It's like an Aquaman parody too, as well as which is you know to me at least I don't know if you do that intentionally, but it seems like that. Um, but like honestly, like you know, again, I was I looked at like there's ten thousand shares of this, and you know I I've got to tell him I just I, I instantly screenshot it. I was like he's got to know right now. And just to just to give a little uh, 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 background on what this does for the actual creator. Uh, it, like Chris said, they did tag me in it, but only like not an actual tag. They just wrote out, you know, pickled comics. Luckily, I have the URL of the comic down in the corner. So when it does get shared by like a random page, people can find their way back there. Uh, this was like 20 hours ago, I think, when it got shared. And I think like one single person like found, like did mm-hmm. the legwork to find the page and like follow it. So it just goes to show you just because like you see like a viral piece of content out there, yeah. unless there's like, like Chris very much is aware of internet marketing, unless there's some sort of clear call to action conversion link in there somewhere like next to nobody follows yeah. through and they just scroll right past it. and honestly i was more impressed that nobody slapped their own watermark on it and tried to like claim it as their own and, Ooh, and just left yours alone 
I, that would have lit me up. <laughs> I know what if I know what it is. So I was like, I was like, okay, they at least just copied and, and you know saved the actual image mm-hmm. in its entirety and did not modify it on yeah. there. So that's why I was able to reach out to you uh, and, and do that. So I just want to give you a little kudos, Mike. I thought that was a pretty Thank cool you. little find today. Uh, well, was... but, for, but for real, even though it wasn't the, the perfect uh, reshare scenario, it is, is nice seeing yeah. people respond to your work and seeing lots of comments and people yeah. making fun. So yeah, it, it was a good yes. time. Thanks, yes. th- thanks for letting me know, Chris. If you wouldn't have if you wouldn't have told me that it was out there, I wouldn't even have known. Yeah, yeah. damn those algorithms. They just they just know what works. They're getting, they're getting trickier now. If they will. <laughs> but I, I'm going to go ahead and just start with my thing because I, I shared a little little tip with you. I was working at home on Friday and I needed some background noise because I was doing um, spreadsheets and uploading uh, templates to spreadsheets to websites, Mike. And you know how, how finicky that can be. If you're off by like mm. one character letter, a trailing space even could ruin your day. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, I, I somehow deleted my own user account off my work website on accident. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't myself no favors. But um, I talked a little bit. I don't know if I mentioned last week or maybe it was after we recorded. I went and bought a Mickey Mouse television from the late 90s, uh, VHS television, where the ears are the speakers on top of it, Mike. And they um, they are plugged into uh, RCA jacks. I don't know if so they come off easily. Like, it's not if you break them off, they're never usable again. Like, you're going to get, like, replacement ears, which is really cool. Um, so I've been playing like Sega on it or like Super Nintendo, like the old games, the games that you always played on those VHS things, or I mm-hmm. guess not VHS, but like, you know, old school tube TVs. And, um, you know, on Friday, I, or yeah, Friday morning, or maybe it was Thursday night, I dug out my VCR because I'm like, you know what? I want to see, uh, if I can get a VCR working on this thing, I think that'd be hella cool. I only have three VHS tapes, um, you know, and two of them are Muppets. Uh, the other one is the animated movie Little Nemo's Adventures in Slumberland. I don't know if you you know that movie, Mike. Mm-mm. Okay, well, it was like a guy. I want to say not Don Bluth, but like someone from Disney. They animated it like a, a in Disney style fashion, but it looked you know it's like an anime story, so it's very dark and not for children, even though it looks like it's for children. So it's really mm-hmm. interesting. But anyway, I popped in one of my favorite movies, Muppet Treasure Island on VHS, and the first thing that happened was that it was at the end credits, and I had to rewind that son of a bitch. So uh, let me tell you how much I don't miss rewinding things on VHS <laughs> at all. But it is something, uh, you know, kind of soothing when you hear the, the, the click and the whir of a rewind mm-hmm. on a thing, too. So I was like, oh, man, that's taking me back. And then so I go all the way back, and then it goes through. And I forgot. I forgot. And everyone who's listening to this will probably understand that there are always commercials for other movies before your VHS <laughs> tape. Mm-hmm. You don't jump into the movie like you do these days right away. So I got to see... Um, a trailer for what was that, uh, Oliver and Company uh, on? Oh yeah, on that. and I forget there was another there was another one. I want to say maybe it was Hercules. I think uh, at the time the animated Hercules movie was in front of this. So I, I was like, oh, this is cool. How long before the movie starts though? So I, I get to watch them up at Treasure Island, and um, you know it's just so cool to to. So, so again, VHSs have lasted stood the test of time, like thirty plus years old, right? Still being able to play in there and work. Yeah. And you, you sent a video just uh, through iMessage of it playing, and I was like, I can even tell through the video that the speakers on those mouse ears are actually pretty good. Yeah. It's really funny. If you turn the volume up or volume down, the volume indicator is Donald Duck's feet prints, like his little duck Oh, my prints. God. That's that's awesome. And that's he, exactly what you want. And he is like <laughs> at the front of it. So as you turn the volume down, he moves forward or backwards across <laughs> your screen. It's really cool. Oh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand why something like that doesn't exist on smart TVs nowadays. 
Right. Like I can retheme like my Roku, right? You know, yep. so when uh, like uh, the backgrounds or whatever, right? But like changing like the UI to a theme, that should be a thing. <laughs> it, exactly. If people can make Comic Sans their default font on their Android phones, uh, <laughs> and we should be able to do whatever we want on these TVs because they're running the same. Yes. Thing, so. Absolutely agree. Uh, but I will say the one thing I want to get to kind of wrap up on this and the whole point of bringing this around is um, forgetting that, you know, old TVs are four by three ratio, Mike, instead of 16 mm-hmm. by nine. So this VHS didn't black bar me. It zoomed in. It did the old Ooh. pan and scan. So it was a full frame four by three photo. I'm like, there's a bunch of this movie I'm missing on the sides. <laughs> uh, I don't have the the capability to see if I can change yeah. it in in the it, settings of the VCR. It, but I'm like, that was so cool to like. Oh man, remember you had to choose full screen or widescreen uh, VHS back in the day. You know, and it's crazy because now as an adult, I realize yes, panning and scanning was a thing, but that means somebody's job mm-hmm. was to sit down and decide where to pan and where to scan. Yeah. And I would love to just chat to somebody of just like, how did you decide what we did and didn't get to see? Right. I, I need to know. And I kind of would want to see the, the workflow as well, right? Are you doing it live? Are you doing it scene by scene? Like, are you yeah. stopping scene by scene? Is it chosen the edit bay? Is it chose after on his way home? Mm. I don't know. But like, I was like four, but I was looking. Like, I'm like, I was really expected a very small picture with black bars on the top and bottom, and I didn't get it. And that's that was just really cool. And I was like, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. So it was just a very overall nostalgia driven experience within like an, you know a good good hour and a half here. But mm-hmm. um, I love Muppet Treasure Island is one of my favorite Muppet movies by by all means, uh, and it was one of the I believe. Um, the second movie directed by Brian Henson uh, after Jim Henson's death. The first one, I believe, was Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, and then this one, um, he took over uh, after Jim Henson died for Muppet Christmas Carol. And then for also Muppet Treasure Island, uh, which is very fun. But you got to go see Brian Henson's newer stuff. Uh, yes, Chris. Weekend, what a- so. What a wonderful segue. Yeah, yeah. out here in uh, Los Angeles where the Jim, Jim Henson's uh, studio lot ex- still exists is a, uh, a puppet show called Brian Henson Presents Puppet Up Uncensored. And what it is is about two or three times a year, they'll invite people on the lot for a ticketed event where they'll do a live puppet show that is totally improvised. So imagine any sort of kind of like improvised show you've ever seen. If you've never seen one live and in person, just imagine whose line it is, is it anyway, right? Where they're asking, you know, suggestions from the audience. Occasionally they'll bring people up on stage and everything, but they do it all with puppets. And it, all of the puppets are um, at least original to me, right? I think legally they can't use all of, like, the Muppets, you know, all of the yeah. iconic characters that everyone knows. Uh, and There are, it, there are some the, shared pieces, though. I'll tell you. Just look yeah. at it. I'm like, I'm like, oh, those noses, those mouths. Like, I, this is a different yeah. color. But absolutely. Yeah. Good. Sorry. But it was really cool because uh, to start the night off, Brian Henson comes up on stage. And I didn't even know he was going to be there. I was just like – and me and my wife had really, really good seats near the front row. And and I was just like, I'm like 15 feet or less away from like Brian Henson right now. This is so surreal. I was not expecting to be so close to him. So he comes out on stage. He kind of gives like a short little uh, impromptu history of kind of like Jim Henson Studios and his life and his dad's life and everything like that. Some fun little tidbits that I didn't know about how when his dad, uh, Jim, was sketching uh, Muppets, uh, he knew that he was intentionally creating um, uh, puppets. 
uh, to be on camera. The, he never had any illusions that this was going to be like a live show. This was always going to be pointed towards the camera. All the humor plays towards the camera, which you can really see even uh, when the Muppets got really, really big. You know, they're always kind of like breaking the third wall. All of that stuff was intentional. So whenever his dad was sketching out, you know, ideas, he would draw like Chris, like you were saying, a four by three square mm-hmm. on a piece of paper. Then he would design the Muppets to fit well within that aspect ratio. So it was a kind of cool setup to say during the live show, not only do you get to see the puppeteers under the puppets working them, but there's also a live camera feed pointed. The camera's like on like a big like eight foot pole pointed at the top of their um, hands. And then it uh, it feeds the live footage to uh two big screens in the theater so you can it's really fun it's like he describes it as you're watching two shows at once so you can glance up and see how they're like framing all of their puppets and making sure the composition looks good raising and lowering so the so the Muppets can like um, uh, humorously like exit stage left and stuff like that then you can see all of them like dressed in black underneath it like just working them up and you can see like their hands like delicately moving the rods that like uh, move their appendages it was so impressive and on top of that it was hilarious like when he originally conceived of doing this improv puppet show none of the puppeteers at Jim Henson Studio were classically trained in improvisation so much so that uh, Brian Henson didn't even know the word improvisation. I mean, he knew of it, but he kept saying like, "Oh man, I wish we could get more puppeteers that were better at ad libbing." And then he would like he would meet somebody, and he would just like he was like, "Brian, that's that's called improv. What you're describing is improv." He was just like, "Oh," he was like, "Oh, do you think we can teach our puppeteers to improv?" So they trained them, and they figured it out, and they were all really really good at oh, it. Nice. So it, the puppet show was just hilarious. Uh, Chris, the next time they do one, I think it might be in the fall. I'm gonna make sure I tell you about it because I want to see if maybe you can finagle a way to fly out here so we can go it was just it was so funny there was like three or four bits where they brought people up on stage oh, one woman got a puppet put on her hand so you got to see just like a total normie try uh-huh. to figure out how to operate one of the puppets and it was I was dying it was so funny then it gives you all of this extra appreciation too for the puppeteers up on stage so if you're ever in the Hollywood area or if you want to make sure you're in the Hollywood area uh, go find Puppet Up out there like on social media or whatever there's like a mailing list that you can subscribe to uh, you gotta go it's so good you get to actually go on the lot too it's not a super huge lot because it's like in the heart of Hollywood it was built like over like a hundred years ago I think by Charlie Chaplin uh, so it's just like, it's just kind of like this cool, like historical, like little landmark, but yeah, I, people, I, you gotta go check it out if you have a chance. I, I saw the 2011 Muppet movie. Uh, I understand uh, that, that the, the oil barons are trying to take over the Muppet. <laughs> I've seen the Muppet a lot myself. Yeah. That's funny the- because when, when we walked down, I was just like, Hey, this does kind of feel like, um, that one. Cause is it, which the it's Muppets. when it's the, it's the, um, the, the, Jason Siegel yeah, one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, called yeah, yeah. The Muppets from like tw- uh, from 2011. Yeah, um, it was great. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I pulled it up here. You know, I, I I didn't realize Patrick Bristow was uh, the host of this. In you and you know him from like si- remember him from like Seinfeld or like Mad About You stuff like that from the 90s. Like I always remember him. Yeah, um, he from- was he was hilarious. He was yeah. a great host. He was the one 
asking the audience for suggestions and whenever there was a suggestion like that wasn't funny he would find an even funnier way to like turn the people down of just like yeah. no that's not like what are you doing yeah. so that was great yeah i was gonna say the only thing i was i'm glad to hear that was good uh you know obviously and if anyone knows me i am a muppet fan through and through but you know after watching the happy time murders several years ago <laughs> and being burnt on r-rated puppets that way i'm glad to know that uh this is uh this is quality. This is quality oh, yeah. stuff like that. So absolutely. And then, um, you know, you you've 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 kept on get you were, you've avoided the Diablo Four curse, like the unlike the rest of the world, Mike, by your gaming <laughs> here. So tell me more about um, what's going on. Yeah. Well, well, last week I let everyone know that I started uh, digging into Breath of the Wild because I'd recently just acquired a Switch, and now I've dug in even more. And I, it's it's really fascinating to kind of see. Everyone already knows that they co- they totally changed the formula of Zelda with Breath of the Wild, right? But it's one thing to be told that it's another thing to experience it, and it's been so fun because the only thing I knew going in was like, oh, it's a big open world. You can kind of choose the order you want to do things in, and like you don't have like a specific weapon that you that you stay with. You you get different weapons throughout your uh, your game and they're destructible and they fall apart and everything so that's kind of where I was at first but now things are starting to open up so much more where you can really see like the metagame starting to expand like um, I don't know if you've ever played a lot of Zelda games before in the past Chris but there's always a point in every Zelda game where like you've reached you pass a threshold where like rubies are anything you don't even need them anymore you just like save them up and you have all of them and you never buy anything with them because once you get good enough at the game you don't really need the stuff that rubies buy anyway so uh in this game like rubies are like so scarce you like never get them and really the only way to like routinely have income in the game is to collect things throughout the world and then sell them to different merchants so like money feels so much more valuable in this game which is really interesting and if you wear through all of your weapons too much you almost have to go through like a a reverse loop to build them back up because you don't raise your personal stats in any way i don't raise links attack power he just needs to find stronger and stronger weapons and then i can upgrade my my clothing and i can get more defense on myself or i can cook things to make my attacks stronger like i can eat like a pepper steak or something and it it makes my attack stronger i don't know exactly if it is pepper steak but something along those lines so like it's kind of cool of just like you had like a lot of your success determines on what you can find throughout the game and i've been playing the game for like an entire week now I'm, i'm getting pretty deep into it and like i'm just starting to realize now like oh there's no dungeons in this game it's so weird it's like entirely like surface it's world tem- right temples isn't it in those yeah games? like yeah. yeah like i'm sure like and the temples there's not really threats in them there's nothing that's going to actively hunt you and kill you really i mean there's a couple like test your strength ones that i've come across but it's almost entirely puzzle solving so like this old formula of like going into a dungeon and platforming and doing all the level is like not so much there anymore so i just wanted to say like it's been really exciting to kind of just see the whole formula just destroyed and remade and reconfigured and i love weaseling my way around the map and kind of like working my way into areas that i'm not too strong enough for yet but i found a way to like climb and move around the the polygons of the mountains just enough but it's been really really cool so uh stay tuned i'm sure i'll have more breath of the wild updates over the next couple weeks 
so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and and you ask me, you know, if I how much Zelda I've only played two Zeldas, Mike, ever in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was the first one and the second one. Um, oh, okay. for regular Nintendo. <laughs> so I'm I'm like an anomaly. Uh, I love video games, I love retro games, you know, right? I let me show you, I was playing I was playing Aladdin on Sega earlier. That's that's how, you know, I much I wanted to punish myself. Um, but I never had a Super Nintendo and by the time I got a Nintendo 64, I had no access to solo games. Like, we, me and my brother shared it, so we had to use two-player games for everything. So mm-hmm. uh, I've absolutely missed almost every Zelda game beyond um, <laughs> the first one. Um, I believe it's, uh, uh, you know, obviously the gold cartridge Zelda, Legend of Zelda. And then the second one, which is, I believe, uh, uh, it's not a link to the past. It's like... Um, I forget what the second one is, but they're both on regular Nintendo. So I, mm-hmm. I'm very, I'm not, I'm, I'm out of loop in terms of playing it myself, but I, I am familiar, and um, I'm very excited for you to you go through Breath of the Wild and finally jump into uh, Tears of the Kingdom as well. And yeah, hear your experiences there. So um, there's that. But yeah, um, so let's let's jump into some. So uh, this weekend, this past week, uh, past couple days has been San Diego Comic Con. Mike, people may know this, people may not know this, simply because right now. As we will say, there is a writer strike first, an actor's strike going on at the same time, and then a bunch of studios pulled out of San Diego earlier in the summer, probably in preparation for this, right? Uh, kind mm-hmm. of knowing it was coming, uh, these strikes. So uh, literally hardly any any promotions or anything was going on at San Diego Comic-Con this week, except for, like, I've seen a lot of Hasbro and, like, toy stuff kind of coming out of this. Uh, some Dragon Ball things here and there, but like you know, nothing huge. And we'll we'll kind of go through what we can, um, you know, even if it's just more announcements. Warner Brothers had a couple cool announcements and some other things, so we'll go through those later. But like, really, it's just um, I would say you know, compared to when we went twenty nineteen, you did you go after twenty nineteen? You haven't? Uh, no, yeah. yeah, Chris, it's it's the it's the Chris Dillard curse. Yeah. Last time I've been there was with you. Uh, I guess yeah. we sh- we shut it down at least for us personally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a, I have a lot of uh, uh, friends and acquaintances that have gone down over the weekend, so I kind of have vicariously been watching their weekend uh, through Instagram stories. It, it's still a fun time, absolutely. right? But yeah, it, it is it is a little less electric this year, I'd say for sure. Like most. Most of the time, the last like what eight almost years that we've been doing this podcast, Chris, every Comic Con, I'd make a big splashy thumbnail with the big SDCC logo on it, big Comic Con yeah. wrap up. It's just, it's not, it's not hitting this year, and it's not, uh, it's not a sign of the times. It's not like a change of what humans want to experience. It's just like the situations, the circumstances of mm-hmm. Hollywood uh, right now. So uh, yeah, it's still a fun time. I'd still recommend if anyone ever gets a chance to go, oh, yeah. go. For sure, but yeah, just not a whole lot of newsworthy things to talk about this week. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, talk, we'll cover some of that stuff uh, when we get to it. But yeah, absolutely, um, no no yellow icon this week, Mike. Uh, sadly. <laughs> so I always look forward to the yellow one. So uh, let's jump into the first things first. You know, uh, in case you didn't know, the Flash hit digital this week, and we didn't talk about it last week. But guess what? The Flash was the first Web three movie experience available on the blockchain, Mike. Oh God, that's a you can tell that the the movie uh, struggled in yeah. its initial run the, if they're trying to crypt cryptize it. <laughs> yeah, so Warner Brothers has always been in crypto. I don't know uh, when I saw the Batman, they gave me a free NFT uh, with my movie ticket. Uh, they sell their, a bunch of their Funkos and like a bunch of stuff on it. They love NFTs over at Warner Brothers, yeah. uh, mostly because I, I'm pretty sure it's a scam. Uh, but you know that's <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But um, yeah, you can get the Flash on Web three. So I don't know how it plays. I don't know how this works, right? Because you would have to go to their website to watch it. 
uh, an experience, but like you can like look around Barry's room or the Bat K room. A couple like remember when DVDs had menus, Mike, and you could do all these things. <laughs> it's exactly that, but on the internet. And I'm like, this is you know when I was talking about watching VHS with Muppet Treasure Island, this was like full circle back to uh, you know early 2000s DVDs uh, coming out. But um, one of the things, um, not just from the Web three, but the the digital release of the Flash is a deleted scene reveals that Batman of uh, Batman 89 universe, uh, the one that we saw, the Michael Keaton, uh, retired after killing a criminal in front of their kid uh, the same way he became Batman at a young age, which I thought was interesting because we never really got why he quit doing Batman other than that, you know, uh, people didn't need him, I, I think. But like, I figured like he just wouldn't like wake up one day and be like, eh, nobody needs me anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that really builds character in that world or not because he didn't really seem to kill anybody. He's not he's not a Zack Snyder Batman, if you will, uh, <laughs> who killed everybody. There's a video out there of how many how many people has Zack Snyder's Batman killed, uh, like a kill count video, and it's pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. I, I recommend you watch it. But overall, Flash still struggling to kick up some viewers. Mike, at the end of the day, is what it seems. Um, yeah, I, I, it's like uh, the uh, the Batman stuff. That, that's kind of cool. It's neat lore. I mean, it makes sense. It's poetic, cyclical, as uh, George Lucas yeah. may like to describe things. But, um, I mean, this this isn't enough to get me to get me going on The Flash again. I mean, I don't know if um, – let's see here. I don't think we have it here in our show <laughs> notes. And may, maybe it kind of split in between this week and last week, so it kind of fell through the cracks. I don't quite remember. But, like, James Gunn has said – Everything before Superman Legacy. Yeah, we talked about last week. Yeah, because we talked about the cannot like he yes, but like he's also doing a Peacemaker season two after Superman. So we're like, Mm -hmm. what the hell is going on over there? Like, remember, like I don't get confused, but but DC's got me absolutely confused right now. So, um, and that that, that's a good segue into our next topic. The next uh, DC movie uh, is Blue Beetle. However, uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is the last remnant, if you will, of Zack Snyder's DCEU. But apparently uh-huh. they've filmed like th- at least three different endings with two different Batman actors because <laughs> it was originally going to be um, after The Flash, which it is now. So they filmed Michael Keaton. Then it was going to mm. be before The Flash. So they went back and refilmed one with uh, Ben Affleck. And then they have since gone back and with the DCU, they've filmed something else entirely. Uh, to to remove both Batman from from that movie, uh, you know it, it's it's crazy. I don't know if we should just go ahead and coin this and just call it maybe the Morbius effect, at least for me. But I feel like uh, now, just kind of seeing how Zack Snyder's universe has kind of just weirdly morphed and turned into some sort of like toxic goo, and it's just so thick, it's just taking a really long time to slip through the storm drain, right? to get Mm -hmm. rid of it now i'm just kind of like if i knew that this is eventually how things were going to wrap up i kind of wish i almost could go back in time and just be like you know i don't like any of this stuff if we knew we were just going to wipe it off the face of the earth we should have just done that nightmare like um movie that he he pitched in his snyder cut like just give him one more movie to wrap it all up you know i'm not gonna like it for sure there's some people out there that would absolutely love it and they're probably gonna have like the script engraved on the inside of their coffin they'd love it so much right but like since i I don't know it is just it's just kind of unfortunate to see something so grandiose just kind of like peter out like very confusingly so i i'm leaning more into like the morbius effect where i'm just like maybe we should just 
let Warner Brothers just go off in a little corner, just do something crazy every once in a while like that that I know I'm not gonna like, but maybe it'd be fun to hate watch. Mm-hmm. So it is a it's a it's a little well, um I, I think it's a the, little sour. The thing <laughs> is, and, and just to, to to push back against you a little bit, I will say James Wan has always done his own Aquaman. Like even his Aquaman was like his movie did not adhere to Zack Snyder's Aquaman rules. He said, remember the, the, mm-hmm. the talking air bubbles and all the other yeah. Ma- Mara has a British accent, you know, in his movies, but not in the Aquaman movie. So like, I'll give James Wan some credit. Like, you know, maybe they, this was a post credit scene or something, but like, hopefully he's been able, you know, between the Amber Heard stuff, the Zack Snyder stuff, and then the James Gunn stuff, maybe he can, he can pull something out of this <laughs> at the end of the day. Maybe. But, um, I, I I guess I was I, I thought possibly with San Diego they even though actors can't be there to promote a movie I thought maybe they'd at least do a trailer for that right since it's coming out at the end of this year that they would give us a trailer for this but mm-hmm. uh, really kind of all quiet on the home front but maybe in August we will get something that if they can tap onto the Blue Beetle movie and we'll talk about something else here in a minute. Uh, remember when we went to uh, San Diego Comic Con and we sat in on the uh, Batman Beyond panel, which was really cool. Yeah, uh, that was I a remember. Really fun time. Uh, you know, Kevin Conroy was there. Um, I forget the actor who voices uh, Batman Beyond. Um, he was there. Uh, yeah, Will I don't Friedel? Is it Will Friedel? I don't know. Whoever I, Terry McGinnis voices. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's a, it's a boy boy meets girl actor. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, you might be right. Um, Either way, but uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, the first animated movie from Batman, the animated series, is coming to 4K for the first time uh, for its 30th anniversary. So I've actually never seen this movie. I've seen Batman, the animated show, but I've not seen this movie that I know of, or at least recently, um, where, where my memory is you know is old enough to, to grasp onto it. So I'm kind of excited to watch this you know, in a, in a high-resolution format. So I um, thought that was a pretty cool tidbit that, that leaked out of here, but... We'll jump back into Blue Beetle since I was talking about Batman. I should have rearranged this a little better. But uh, apparently it's tracking very low for opening next month, um, which is kind of sad. Uh, I don't think I don't think that's a reflection of the movie itself ahead of time. But, you know, that just means people aren't talking about it. And uh, yeah. if I told someone, hey, do you want to see Blue Beetle next month? They'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? I think at this point <laughs> uh, off the street. So. Yeah, exactly. There's just not – they don't have that X-Factor synergizing moment that they can put in the trailer, right? Like they have uh, Mario Lopez saying Batman is a fascist, I feel like, in every single trailer to just kind of remind people that this is the, the DC universe. But, yeah, they don't have any sort of, like, flashy cameo. I mean, I know this is not the same thing as Spider-Man Homecoming, and Spider-Man Homecoming didn't need a cameo because it's freaking Spider-Man, right? But, like, you got to see, like, Iron Man in one of the trailers, right? even though like Tony Stark wasn't in the movie all that much like I feel like that's maybe what Blue Beetle needed right you know <laughs> should we throw in another Wonder Woman cameo well, yeah, well, the, yeah I was gonna say it's it's at a very precarious spot because again number one it was filmed for HBO Max and now it's coming to theaters mm-hmm. is at the end of the DCEU but at the start of the DCU but technically not the first DCU movie this is just like in a really bad storm of like yeah. What do we? How do we feel about this? And it's not. It's. I don't think it's its fault. They're trying to you know salvage the movie and probably make a cool character. At the end of the day, like his suit looks cool. He's able to make those big Buster swords, right, and do a lot of mm-hmm. interesting things on the fly. So it'll probably have some pretty cool moments in there. Yeah. But overall, it's just not resonating with the public audiences yeah. and, at the end of the day. And just to be clear, I don't think the movie needs other hero cameos to be a good movie. But I'm just saying they don't have that big spotlight right. to 
focus on in the trailer to get butts in seats. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, pe- people, again, like some people don't know. Also, on this note, Warner Brothers refused, like, two days of requested reshoots for this film. And I'm like, damn, that's low. You have no faith in this movie, do you, Warner Brothers? Like, they <laughs> yeah. were like, you get no extra money. Uh, may God have mercy on your soul when you hit the theater <laughs> in August. So, I do think, though, we will probably get an Aquaman trailer before that. I mean, I would feel... I feel confident saying that, Mike. You, you feel pretty good about that? Yeah, it's coming up soon. We uh, yeah. we got to get something. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be the last movie for that. Uh, but the last thing from DC, they did some DC animated announcements, and these only came with title cards, no actual footage, no no images or nothing. But DC Animated is doing a Watchmen animated movie mm. and a Crisis on Infinite Earths is getting an animated film as well, both releasing in 2024. So I, I can't believe they held off this long on these two movies. Yeah, I mean, honest. the Crisis on Infinite Earth, I mean, like, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I feel like Warner Brothers animation is on track to eventually cover every big comic book, you know, yeah. kind of moment. That's just, like, the machine working. Uh, but The Watchmen, that's interesting, right? Yeah. That's, like, an, actually an attempt to make something, you know, um, on, the, on your screen, right, that's maybe a little bit more accurate to the comic, right? So that could be yeah. kind of fun. I would love to have seen, like, what, um, like, even just, like, a, a screenshot, a screen grab from the current production of it to see, mm-hmm. is it going to match um, the original Alan Moore work, or is it going, are they going to modernize it a little bit, like how they have, they've updated the art style on some of the other, you know, things from that era? Mm-hmm. Um, same with Christ on Infinite Earth. I would love to see if, you know how they're updating that. But honestly, you know, for the Flash and Arrow trying to do that like three times in their shows, right? The Crisis on Infinite <laughs> Earth, and I think maybe Zack Snyder might have been trying to get there. Like, I'm glad there someone is finally getting a full Crisis story to tell out here and mm-hmm. animated. Right, as you, as we mentioned, it's the cheapest way to make something with a lot of characters on screen because you're still drawing the panels, right? Or animating yeah. the panels. Uh, so they can really get all the characters that this entails and, and tell the story. I would also. I, I was just going to say there is a bit of a caveat. I, I should say on anything that we probably report animation wise over like the next uh, couple months with all these strikes going on. I yeah. guarantee studios left and right going all around town, green lighting, animated. everything animated, right? Because it's yeah. the only thing that can really get off the ground. And, you know, if they do their timing right, they can start the animation and then hopefully, like, you know, the Screen Actors Guild, you know, will be wrapped up and then they can bring in the voice actors, right? To kind of like maybe like rechange the animation pipeline a little bit and bring them in last. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe some things that get announced never come to fruition. Like, yeah. you know, they'll just like, no, we're canceling that people. The live action people are back to work now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think these two, you know, DC, they're still putting out like two movies a year. So I think these are pretty, you know, solid grabs for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just be interested to see if they're going to do part two, like two parters on any, either of these. Cause they're such dense stories. Like, mm-hmm. you know, most animated movies around an hour and a half, right? Um, Watchmen and Crisis are both very dense stories with lots of characters, lots of lots of things you have to tell before you just jump into it. So mm-hmm. um, do you think, and it's not a question, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we find out there's a Watchmen part one and a Watchmen part two coming. Uh, and they've, mm-hmm. they've kind of extended those out a little bit to do that. Um, I think they sell these directly. I don't think they are like on digital streaming and physical. I don't think they go to streaming right away. Also, just so people are aware, most of most of the DC anime stuff is um, for profit rather than for streaming. So they they put it out to buy 
um, on digital and physical first, and then you can stream it several months later. So um, don't expect to see these day and day, but I'm excited to to see what they come up with for those. Uh, on the other side of this, the um, last year Marvel had 16 announcements at San Diego Comic-Con, Mike. 16 different announcements. This year they had one, and they didn't even have a <laughs> panel for it. It was the Marvels got a trailer. Uh, I don't think that's an indication of any of those 16 projects being in trouble or anything like that. It just means there's no panel this week, right? Everybody, everything is was off the table several months ago uh, for this. But the Marvels did get a trailer release uh, for this upcoming movie. A full seems to be more of a full story trailer rather than the highlight reel. We got you know the teaser right a couple months ago, um, mm-hmm. and um, it showcases again uh, Brie Larson's Captain Marvel. We got uh, Monica Rambo's Spectrum, and then. Uh, Kamala Khan's uh, Miss Marvel, if you will, and how they're uh, the the combination of a Kree hammer and a uh, the other bangle from Miss Marvel have entangled all their light powers together somehow, Mike, and uh, in this big movie where they can t- change places in a heartbeat, it seems like by using their powers. Yeah, so. it it makes me think that I mean, just as just going purely off a trailer, right? That has to yeah. truncate a lot of the explanations that we would see in the full movie. Yep. But they say all of their powers are entangled, and when one of them uses it, they like switch places with an another uh-huh. one. So as far as we know, we know all of the origins of all these characters' powers. It doesn't make sense for them to be linked at origin. It right. makes it think makes me think something special happens like in the first act of the movie, yeah. right? That 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 connects them all and, together, right? And that looks like in the trailer, um, the the actress uh, Zawe Ashton who plays Darbin, she puts a hammer, the Cree um, hammer that uh, what's his name had in Guardians, to the bangle, and it looks like maybe she's using some sort of um, maybe it's not Infinity Stone power, but something with the bangle and and crossing their powers, right? Uh, so I, I agree absolutely. It looks it looks fun. Uh, you know, it's it, there's a lot of fun action here. We get to see the Fleur kittens floating around in zero mm-hmm. zero gravities. I like that. Um, I, I like Miss Marvel. I think Miss Marvel is 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 a very fun character from her show, and I think her her like her personality, her like you know that wide eyed wonder of a kid who has powers now is going to be really fun in this movie. Uh, from, and I, I kind of got that from this trailer. I don't, I don't know what you thought, but like you know, there seems to be some big action scenes uh, along the way for this. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, the biggest, the biggest asks that I have that come out of this movie is just to round out Captain Marvel's character a little bit more. You know, we've only ever got to see her uh, primarily in her own movie, and she had amnesia for most of it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's and just that like, was that in the nineties as well. Yeah. I st- yeah, I feel like we still have not gotten to know like the the true mm-hmm. character that she is, right? Like yeah. the only we've just kind of gotten like superfluous kind of like just uh, tough hero um, vibes, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, right? But like yeah. I'm excited to get a little bit more context, right, of what and, this person has been up to. The the villain seems to have a vendetta against her for mm-hmm. ruining her life in in some way. So I'm yeah. curious what that is. Yeah, um, but. Um, and I think what's going to be interesting about this and kind of what what I was noticing in this, uh, Carol Danvers will probably be, I wouldn't say powerless, but she can't use her, the full force of her, like, you know, cosmic cube powers at any given time without causing her to switch places with somebody, um, one of the other two. So I think it's going to be a good character building journey rather, right? rather than, just, like you mentioned, seeing her kind of be just unstoppable because of her power set, uh, right? And, and kind of probably think outside of the 
the box a little bit for that. Um, I honestly, I, you know, this is not related to this movie, but I found out a fun fact. Eh? The actress who plays the villain in this, uh, Zawa mm-hmm. Yashin, she's Tom Hiddleston's wife. Did not know that. Oh. I hey. was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, because there was an article about like what did Tom Hiddleston told her, uh, you know, about playing for Marvel. And I was like, why would he talk to her? Couldn't find <laughs> out they're married. So that's a pretty cool thing. Um, I was also going to add on here, um, not just this, not just Miss Marvel. There are other Marvel shows. We'll talk about it. But Miss Marvel will air on uh, ABC before this movie comes out. Um, and Secret Invasion is also one of them being aired on ABC. There's some more. But it looks to be, again, they're like, hey, if you want to catch up on Miss Marvel and you don't have Disney Plus, you can watch this on, you know, over the air before this movie. But I think it's also like a licensing deal, right? Um, you know, even though ABC is owned by Disney, they still have to pay internally to license shows mm-hmm. for air and get commercials. So it looks to be like, hey, how can we turn some of these streaming shows into possibly some money ideas with advertising um, along the way? So I think that's a, a it's a fun thing to do, right? You don't have to lock it down to streaming if they, they can add some ads into it and say, hey, we turn some profit with this. I, I always just kind of imagine the scenario where my parents have not watched uh, Miss Marvel, right? So maybe one night they'll just be clicking through uh, their Comcast, you know, uh, service and they'll see, oh, what's this Miss Marvel? You know, mm-hmm. they'll click on it and be like, then they'll reach out to me like, oh, I saw this brand new show. Yeah, it's about this 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 little superhero like teenager in like New Jersey. I was like, yeah, new. You're right. Yeah. Nope, totally new. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you I'm glad you're liking it. it don't, yeah, you don't have to break their illusion, Mike. Okay, let, let them have it for a little bit, but. Um, yeah, so honestly, yeah, trailer's cool. Yeah, we're not getting this in November, so I expect literally another trailer probably, what, closer to October, uh, you know, September, October for ticket sales to kind of go in effect. So um, really, uh, really, really looking forward to this. Oh, and Nick Fury, obviously he's in Secret Invasion right now, but uh, looks to be kind of uh, have a couple action scenes in here as well. Uh, he Kamala throws him a gun at some point. So I expect him to have uh, more than like a couple minutes of screen time as well. So big, big synergy at Marvel this 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 back half of this year, Mike. Um, also on Disney Plus, uh, the rumor, uh, probably more confirmed, the rumors is that season two of I Am Groot will drop in September on Disney Plus in between um, Secret Invasion and Loki, when Loki starts in, uh, I believe, October. So there are another five episodes. Apparently, they've already been created. They did they did them like immediately after the other ones. So it's exciting mm-hmm. to kind of hear these like little three-minute shorts that are going to pop on there, right? I wonder if um if if they'll age up Groot a little bit. I feel like that would be um in their best interest since I don't know, but since a lot of this was made earlier, maybe yeah. they just don't weren't one hundred percent sure with the trajectory of uh, Groot's age. Well, but I would like to I would like to see maybe a slightly older Groot. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I, I said James Gunn said he ha- he hasn't changed his script since he wrote it in like what twenty nineteen or whatever. So I assume they probably knew about it. Um, and we would love to know his story between you know um, what was it. In game and uh, Guardians Three, how did he age up a bit in there as well? Mm-hmm. I, I think I think you're right in that, that um, aspect. I did hear one rumor that um, uh, what's his name who plays Uatu, the Watcher, uh, Jeffrey Wright, will voice mm-hmm. Uatu in one of these shorts as well, possibly. So we might hmm. get a What If I Am Groot uh, mini episode in here. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, um, I would love to have one of these I Am Groots post Guardians Three. Right where he's King mm-hmm. Groot, like a like a, I would love to see a King Groot episode, like where he's like, we've always seen him baby, and what, what's the micro world, but like what's what happens when he's like ginormous, uh, in mm-hmm. there. So, um, yeah, or maybe the origin of the kaiju uh, Groot from that, that one scene where he like expands himself to look, yeah. Bit. So mm-hmm. 
be cool. Spider-Man 2, the video game, Mike. Uh, we got a new trailer, uh, gameplay trailer, more of a story trailer, uh, come, came out this week um, showcasing uh, Venom in this, and it seems to be leaning into the fact that Harry Osborn is Venom uh, in this game rather than, uh, what's his name? I forget. Uh, the guy who actually uh, plays uh, Venom? Eddie Brock. Eddie yeah. Brock, yeah. Uh, but, you know, his goal is, like, we will heal the world, right? It's like Venom is saying that as well. I don't think it's going to work. I think he's going to turn evil. Yeah. Uh, well, but- also, also, surprise, surprise, uh, I guess, spoilers, if you never got around to playing the first Spider-Man all those years ago, this was the post credit scene, right? Yeah. Where we got to reveal that Harry Osborn um, was <laughs> Venom. Super cool direction, I feel like, to take it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the Venom is like Harry's sick, and Venom is a uh, cure for his sickness, right? Uh, which yeah. is which is cool. So, um, I, I, cool trailer. We get to see aged up. Literally, um, if you, there's a there's a post I saw that showed all three characters, uh, Peter, uh, Mary Jane, and Miles side by side versus their first iterations and mm-hmm. this new one, and they've like really aged them up and kind of made them look like more adult characters than yeah. Than the before. only the only thing that's driving me crazy though, Chris, is um, I started watching a let's play from Jack Septicai who um, was playing the first Spider Man game back when it was released and it's yeah. just kind of funny fun to go back and like kind of relive somebody experiencing the game for the first time it's like i get it's almost like i get to replay the game without having to do any of the effort but i get to see somebody else experience all the fun tools and story moments right but this was back when they had the old the face, face for peter the face that was uh i would say uh much more affable yeah. uh more easy to connect to before they smooth them out and you watch this trailer chris Harry and Peter look almost identical. identical. They look the same. To like, I don't understand how that gets through the creative development process, right? You know, they start working on Harry. They start drawing different interpretations. At at what point they they had to have this character lined up next to Peter at some point in time? Did nobody in any room go, "Hey, these two guys look very, very similar"? Is there anything that we can do? Like, no. So, like, it's not going to be like that big of a deal overall, right? You know, once I get into the game, I'm going to be having a lot of fun. But this trailer does a really, really, really good idea getting me to emotionally connect to this new story right and they're they're so good at narrative storytelling in these spider-man games like i feel like i'm just gonna be taken out of it every time harry and peter are on screen together it's like you just look like the same generic kind of like like pre-cubescent but adult like guy (laughs) yeah and and hopefully maybe the game is a little different when you're watching the game and not like a recorded cutscene, right hopefully i mean Mm. my my goal my maybe i'm I'm ever the optimist here but i agree he does look they did look very similar. It took a second for me to be like, oh, yeah, which one's which? Uh, mm-hmm. If you look closely, I think it was a side-by-side of him or, like, him and his dad, uh, the Harry and Norman, like, seeing mm-hmm. them. From the, they still, he looks a lot like him, too. But I'm like, maybe it's just this world. Like, they all just look the same. <laughs> but I miss the original Peter face. I, 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 the, there was technical reasons to change the face in the remastered version, uh, and they carried the remastered into this one. So um, totally totally understand the remastered edition is actually running on some code from this game by the way uh it's like some back generated code so but anyway the 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 other big part of this is uh, obviously it's a spider-man game it's a sony property they even own the studio that made this game so of course you're going to get custom playstation 5 and a custom controller sold separately uh out of this and um what's cool about playstation 5 is mike and you know this 
they're just plates around the body. You can swap them mm-hmm. out. They're they're plastic plates, hot swap. So hopefully someone releases, um, or, or Sony even releases just the plates, not the whole PlayStation uh, for this. Because I would buy the controller and the plates, but I'm not buying a brand new PlayStation 5 to get the Spider-Man version of this. But um, it's kind of muted, right? It's like very muted in terms of Spider-Man color and uh, tone. Like you kind of mentioned you yeah. wanted more Venom. Uh, it's very black, and then there's a little bit of red and white. I, I was I was kind of hoping maybe we get the Venom logo instead of the Spider-Man mm-hmm. logo on it, but um, I don't know. Maybe this if you if you're into the into the market for a PlayStation Five, uh, this is looks to be like the cool way to go. And those pre-sales go online this week, but I might pick up that controller. I always use a second controller um, mm-hmm. for that. Um, shifting gears or while staying in the same lane uh, for video games, did you check out the official reveal of Mortal Kombat 1's um, Combat Pack 1, uh, their DLC, including Peacemaker, Homelander, and Omni-Man as characters for for this game? The, uh, the, the, he, the superheroes for all the uh, edgelord teenage boys out there, right? Yes. You know? <laughs> like, if, if, if you go up to somebody and say, oh, my favorite uh, superhero characters are Homelander, Omni-Man, and Peacemaker, it's like, okay, I think maybe we need to watch you a little bit more carefully. You are now on a list maybe. from the government. So. Yeah, keep an eye on that internet search history, <laughs> right? Yeah. I love all those characters too, your, right? But like... Your, uh, your trench coat uh, looks great, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like, yeah, the, they're not superheroes. They're, they're, they're heroes, but they're villains in, in the right. Uh, but yeah, so they're replayable characters. They, they really went, they didn't do the, uh, the cartoon style for, um, Omni-Man. They went with the more realistic approach to him, right? Because Homelander and Peacemaker, obviously they look like they're actors respectively. Omni-Man's a cartoon. They lifed him up, but they did confirm that JK Simmons will voice Omni-Man in this. So that makes me lead. Lead to think that um, Homelander and Peacemaker will also have their actors do their voices for this as well. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, this game's coming up around the corner pretty soon. I'm very excited to kind of get my hands on this game. Um, I've, I've loved the last two Mortal Kombat, like last three, I guess, but I really got into um, Eleven quite a bit, uh, especially with their DLC. So I'm excited to to see what they're bringing to the table here because I'm pretty sure after Mortal Kombat One, Nether Realms will be doing another Injustice video game, the fighting game for. For the DC heroes. We'll come back to that. But staying in the realm of Invincible, uh, they did a, uh, Amazon did a uh, trailer this week revealing season two uh, will be in November for Invincible Mike after, after all this time. Several years, apparently, I guess. It's, it hasn't felt as long as it is I, at the end of the day, I would say. But, you know, um, people, if you like Invincible, season two will come. They, they The cool thing about Invincible is Amazon's just throwing money at the voice acting uh, cast mm-hmm. left, right? And you can see at the end of this, they go through like dozens upon dozens of voice voice actors or actors bringing their voices to the show, and that was really cool. Yeah, the they, the they kept with the same uh, uh, marketing playbook that they did the first time around for the first season of just like splash screens of yeah. all the famous people that we, we, that we can uh, that we can load up. But it did get me excited, right? I haven't I, – I loved Invincible. I loved season one, but I haven't really been – you know, anticipating the next season all that much. So the trailer got me hyped uh, for it for sure. Yes. And if, for those who are also hyped, um, they announced uh, and dropped on, I think Thursday or Friday night, an Adam Eve special um, on prime. So it's a one shot of Adam Eve, the love interest of the invincible character. Uh, it's now on Amazon prime, Mike. So you can go watch that if you want to take it prepared for invincible season two arriving this winter. Or slash fall. Yeah, that's awesome. I need to go watch it. I meant to watch it uh, this weekend, but uh, 
as I said at the top of the show, life gets in the way. Yeah, uh, life uh, uh, finds a way to get <laughs> in the way. But I, you know, I my my first reaction to this was instant shudder because of the the time they dropped that one. Um, Cloverfield movie uh, after mm-hmm. they announced it at the Super Bowl. I'm like, oh god, I hate when they do this stuff. But I've not heard anything <laughs> bad about this. I just, you know, I'm still burned by that. You know, you know, five, six, seven, eight years later. So, <laughs> yep, I'm prime. Uh, cool thing. I know you're a Turtles fan, Mike, and the original yeah. animated series that started in '80s, I think '87 through '90 something, or '89 through '96, one of the two. Uh, um, Nickelodeon has um, secured the rights to those again. Uh, or I guess maybe for the first time. So they will be uh, airing the original animated series on Nickelodeon channels this month, including their YouTube and Pluto TV, not just over the air or cable uh, channels. Uh, That's awesome. That's my childhood in the nutshell. All the action figures that Mm -hmm. stem from that show as well. Um, The cool thing... If you, if you didn't know, folks out there, uh, usually when animated movies come to theaters, right, there's a good chance if you live in a larger market, you can just Google to see if the movie is uh, is releasing sooner in your area. It comes out in two weeks, and I'm going to get a chance to see it a whole week early because they're just – they just do that sometimes to like drive up hype for you know these movies. So I get to see it. I'll get to see it a week early. And you, you're also um, you also live in a market that that depends on movies right now. So yes, <laughs> um, I, 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 I I I'm envious of that because they do not do that here in the Midwest at all. Occasionally yeah, I get so, a fan event, but like you got to pay extra for that shit. Yeah. So, so uh, tune in on next next week's podcast, and I'll give some early mm-hmm. impressions and thought of uh, Mutant Mayhem. Mm-hmm. Also on that note, just because we talked about it earlier, the uh, the the actoring writing strike people asked is it bad to go to the movies because they're on strike no it's not you should go to the movies and support them because that still gives them you know yeah they get paid for that that stuff there's no bad things about going to the movies right now yeah there's no there's no uh uh, suggested boycott out there in the world and as far as i know at least within the last couple strikes in modern history there was no boycott levied either you know it's not like it's a you know, it's not like an evil corporation that's making um, a food product that is like going to kill you, yeah. right? It's an it's an evil corporation that's not yeah. paying enough for people making really good stuff. Yeah, uh, and, and so the, yeah, and then the stuff that's out there, they've already been paid for. They will not retroactively get paid for. I guess is the other thing too, yeah. right? Because. You know, they're at the end. Now, maybe residuals, yeah. hopefully, stuff like that. But And there's also some smaller, more indie studios that have started to make their own side deals uh, with um, with uh, SAG and possibly the Writers Guild as well. So you might still th- see headlines out yeah. there of some things in productions, but they have special waivers out there because they have come to terms and have made a deal with exactly yeah. what they uh, the strikers are asking think- for. So. A24 is one of the studios, I think. Uh, has, yeah. There's like 16 productions from them, maybe, that were yeah. that because they are doing the, the – they're, they're, they made a de- – like I said, they, they negotiated and have been approved to continue. Yeah, exactly. So if you, if you feel like maybe you see something out there on the internet and you feel uh, outraged – in some way that maybe somebody is scabbing or something, just like do, do like a, a modicum of a research, just click one or two, a couple links, it, you know, there's a chance that it might be okay. But so just a heads up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So go to, again, let's say go to the movies, go see Ninja Turtles, go see Barbenheimer, all, all to your heart's mm-hmm. content. It's totally fine. Uh, you're not, you're not, um, you're not uh, disparaging the, the strikes going on. Lastly, uh, Netflix dropped a One Piece trailer uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. I didn't think they'd have anything here, right? Because they had uh, the Tadum event like a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. 
uh, and maybe they weren't even at Comic Con, or maybe they just released it because of it. But like um, this One Piece trailer lets me feel better about this show, Mike, because it looks like a an anime show brought to life at this point. Um, I don't know if you watched this trailer or not yet, but by God, there's a man with like like it looks like teeth or spikes coming out of his long elongated nose and i'm like yeah, well, like, i'm like this is on par like i am actually on board <laughs> with this now because this looks exactly like an anime uh yeah it feels like it's a little strange right like if i don't know i don't know exactly the history of live action productions of animes that kind of come out of japan right uh but i feel like every once in a while you'll see like a trailer for like a live action attack on titan or a mm-hmm. live action uh, Full Metal Alchemist or something that's, you know, straight out of uh, the island of Japan. And uh, you look at it and you're just like, oh, wow, this is like really highly polished, like costumes. They're trying to translate the characters one to one, you know, from from drawing to like live action. But then you never hear anything else about it because like just the quality of it is just overall bad, right? Yeah. They're more worried about nailing the look of the characters and you know, and that's about it. So I kind of give those vibes a little bit with this, but you know, since you get like a whole full fleshed out trailer, yeah. I would agree though. I, I feel like a little bit more enthusiastic after seeing this trailer, but at the same time, like I have no yeah. one piece allegiance in any way so but i've been like you and i have we've been on the internet like our entire like adolescent lives like yeah. we've seen images of one piece we've seen like memes we've seen screenshots so like it's funny like that little that character that has like the hammerhead kind of like shark nose or yeah. sword shark nose. like i've seen pictures of that character it's so weird that my brain knows exactly what yeah. that character looks like even though like i've never watched like a single episode well, of one piece what, what i appreciate about this uh, is that they actually designed a character to look like the anime character, right? In this, mm-hmm. because the first trailer was like, this is just normal people and looks what looks like really boring sets. That you know, there was no pirating, there was no ships, there was no battles. Mm-hmm. It was just boring. This gave me some flavor and color. Uh, the character uh, Luffy, I believe, is his, he says his name here. I've been pronouncing it mm-hmm. Luffy. It's Luffy. He has his like little rubber arms, right? He's got his little elasticity kind of going on here. There's another dude with a sword, like jumping around in, like a suit that's very like with the, the anime hairs kind of going mm-hmm. on. I'm like, I'm like, okay, this feels like there's more to this. That first trailer was just cut so bad and so bland. Um, this is the flavor, the spice, and I really, I just couldn't believe they gave. They put that character with that that's like in the sawtooth nose looking thing. I'm like uh-huh. I'm like they they actually did this. That is impressive because <laughs> you know I've even watched the I watched the Dragon Ball movie in theaters. Mike Dragon Ball uh, was it Heroes or whatever it was Evolution Dragon Ball Evolution. Yeah, and they were like we they tried so hard to make their weird things look human rather than just embracing how goofy Namekians and and weird shit is in Dragon Ball. And this feels like it's embracing that weirdness of hair. So I'm hopefully, you know, the, the fighting abilities, maybe there's more villains and this is like kind of early on. We're going to see more of these things, despite the fact I don't know what the hell they're doing. Other than <laughs> at the start of the show, I said I watched Muppet Treasure Island. So I know they're after some treasure on the high seas. <laughs> so actually, I, I, Chris, I'm glad you brought that up because for some reason, like I said, One Piece is out there and it has proliferated, even though I've never seen any of it. I was scrolling through TikTok late one night and I came across just some random guy who was like, I'm going to explain to you 
what the grand line is, which is the thing that like they all sail on or the path that they're all following in one piece. And I was just so engrossed in watching this guy explain what it was, even though I've never watched any of this before. And if I remember correctly, uh, all of these pirates are trying to find like this uh, grand treasure that this big old popular pirate infamous pirate like buried somewhere ready player one okay and he buried it at the end of the grand line and what it is is like even though like a globe is round right you know uh you could easily just turn your boat around if you wanted to get to the end of the line right but apparently there's like a big treacherous uh, mountain range that spans like the entire equator or something of this planet. So you can't just turn your boat around and go the other way. So you have to follow your boat along the whole perimeter of this planet. I, I'm sure it's like coded as earth in a way, right? Uh-huh. So you have to sail all the way around earth, but like there's these different weather patterns that mean you can't sail outside of this line. And if you go too far outside of the line, you're leaving the safety of all of these like little inhabited islands where you can get supplies. So it's kind of almost like structured almost in a video game like way, right? Where you have to follow the entire linear linear levels to get all the way to the other end of the grand line. So you could find this like supposed treasure, but I'm sure there's some one piece aficionado right now. That's like listening to me and like, Mike, you have no idea what you're talking well, about. I, you're like, you're, you're doing, doing pretty, you're doing reporting. pretty good. You're doing pretty good. You're I'm like, looking at the map right now of the yeah, world. It, it's pretty yeah. good. It's like, you're doing third, third hand reporting from some rando you saw like on TikTok, right? But like that is one thing that they've always been amazing at in animes, right? That I, I like I feel like the Japanese culture has just really keyed into premises, right? They love premises on all of their stories. They want to find some sort of structure scaffolding to build their stories around, right? So this is this is just another one that's like kind of fun to imagine. And it's crazy cuz the only other thing I know about One Piece, Chris, is that it's been going on forever. Ever. So I would love to know theoretically how far that they've made it across of this grand line. Like if I if I was to watch the newest episode mm-hmm. of One Piece or so, to read the latest yeah. issue of One Piece, how how much of this grand line have they traversed? Right? Are they past fifty percent yet? You know, are they eighty percent of the way there? So, I'd love to know. So just uh, so you know, yesterday, July twenty second was the twenty sixth anniversary of the first publication of One Piece in uh, oh my gosh it's Shonen Shonen Jump, which is known for running mm. Dragon Ball and um, Naruto and all these other mangas. I think Yu Gi Oh too. I think yeah, like all these mangas. You know, if you're in, if you're in Shonen Jump, you've you've got the audience right in in Japan. So it is, I believe, the longest running manga at this point. Um, I know Dragon Ball has been around longer, but like. It has been going consistently since 1997. Yeah. yeah. So this is a good point. How does this go? Like, let's just say, theoretically, this One Piece live action show finally breaks the live action anime curse, right? Everybody loves it. It becomes the next Stranger Things on Netflix. They, they It makes it past the third season curse. And it maybe even goes as long as, like, Orange is the New Black, which I think is their longest running um, show Netflix has ever made. I think it's, like, maybe seven seasons or something like that. Do they write an ending for this show, right? Like, at some point in time, the live-action show can never go as long as the other adapted materials out there. So I'd like to live in a world where we do get to see the end of One Piece in in some version of it. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, let's see here. Uh, in June 2022, the writer announced that the manga would enter a one-month break to prepare for its 25th anniversary in its final saga. So Ooh, apparently they, okay. they're, they're coming up. Um, 
on that. Originally, it was playing the last five years, but uh, and they already play in the ending. But so yeah, so it looks like we might, you know, in the next ten years, maybe get to the end of this. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at One Piece maps right now. Just I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm getting invested in the lore, even though I've never watched yeah. this. That's why. Like, I leave some of these fun things at the end because then we kind of get into them a little bit. There's the Red Line. There's the There's the New World. The Grand Line. Paradise. There's uh, these mountain ranges. There's all of these like lines and arrows and red bullet points that people are. Ooh, here's a full color one. Oh, that's kind of fun. There's like these other islands up there. Oh yeah, I'm ha- I'm having fun. I'm having fun right now. Yeah. Chris. So um, yeah, we, we might we might do some research on this, but yeah, there is a manga, there is an anime, uh, and there will be a live action series on Netflix. Um, I, I assume. The, I mean, I, I'm going to cross my fingers, Mike, the same love and care that's been given to this from what we can just tell from the trailer. Now, it's not, assuming the final product is also given to their, um, uh, what's it called? Avatar, the last airbender show, right? Because. Oh, God, I, please. Like, that is kind of like. <laughs> I, One Piece is fine. It's got its audiences. Netflix loves adapting anime uh, and manga stuff. But, like, Avatar, the last airbender, I think is a make or break for them, right? Uh, they can't have two bad live action adaptations. Uh, of that yeah, show. And I, so. I, and I got to hope the fact that I feel like they're banking more on Avatar The Last Airbender. They've yeah. built out a whole studio. There's novelizations, comic books. Uh, like the animated show was so popular, it's been able to branch off so many other yeah. things. So I got to imagine they got to approach it holistically oh, yeah. in, a, in a different yeah. avenue. Yeah, but One Piece will kind of be, for me, a litmus test of that, right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to see how, how they're doing and, and what they're doing with this. But um. Yeah, I did not think we talked ten minutes about One Piece. That's for sure on the show. But yeah, you, know, you never know. You never know on on the superhero slate. But um, yeah, that's our last bit of news for this week. So, uh, people know what you're up to, what you're doing. Where can they read your comics? Not just your new ones, but all your comics, Mike. Ooh. I want people to see your history of our because you've been doing it for a while. This isn't new. Uh, they they need to know. Yeah, uh, just follow me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter. TikTok and threads. Uh, I always have links in my bios that where you can kind of like rummage through and find out where all of my stuff is. But pickledcomics.com is where I have all of my uh, comics over like the last uh, 10 plus years now. My new comic is liferewardsrisk.com. I have a Tumblr page uh, where they're all they all live there simultaneously. So that could be a fun deep dive, just endless scrolling. Uh, as you go back in time and watch my uh, my humor degrade and degrade until you see my very first comic I ever made. But yeah, go check that out. I'd really appreciate that. Um, Chris, if people want to check you out, see what you're doing, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, FallDan87. You can check out my Mickey TV when I was playing Aladdin. I put it on there this week. Yeah. Uh, and let me know what you think of that. Um, also, find me on uh, video games of the with the same names. But if people know about the show, come back, listen to our episodes. We'll probably... What Blue Beetle is probably our next re- superhero review um, for that, or well, anything else? Yeah, I I would say tune in next week. Uh, we're going to be talking about the the finale of Secret Invasion oh, right. yeah, that yeah. wraps up on Wednesday. So that'll probably be the big theme of next week's episode. And hopefully, I will have seen Mutant Mayhem by then. Uh, Don't ruin so it. Don't be, ruin it for me, Mike. I, yeah, I won't. This. I won't ruin it. But if you, if you want to keep up with everything that we're doing, head over to superheroslate.com best place to find all the avenues we host our show to get our awesome show notes we got a lot of trailers in this week's show so head on over to our show notes and click on all those fun little links we're on apple Podcasts, youtube spotify uh wherever else you love to listen to podcasts like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram and get merch superhero slate.com slash store we love hearing from you please reach out let us know what you're
you're watching, what you're reading. Uh, do, do you understand One Piece? Because I don't. Maybe well, you can yeah. give me. I'll let me know how close I was. We, we both it. don't I, know this. Don't, 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 like, don't assume I know anything th- th- either. This is this is too much of an in-depth Google. to. I just want to know how long, how far they've traversed this grant. I know there's a theoretical line. I just want to know how far they've traversed it. And, and, and I know this is anime. So I know that they've made it a certain length and they've probably been kicked back more than a few times back to the very beginning or they've had to do a quest back at the very beginning. I would just love to see the loops and the nuances and everything like that. I don't know how to Google that stuff. So you have to reach out and just like tell me uh, what I want to know. So uh, yeah, reach out, let me know. Uh, we love our super fans. So if you want to be a super fan of Superhero Slate, it's very easy to do. All you have to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, folks. That's right. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.